1: Welcome to For F1's sake, the Formula One Podcast, that even after a bad day at the office still extends its lead in the podcast championship no. or
0: something. No? Convoluted, no.
1: Welcome to For F1's sake, the Formula One podcast that was once banned for life from iTunes, but was later allowed back after the Venezuelan government intervened.
0: I like that, but it's entirely dependent on you knowing about Pastor Maldonado's history before F1. Well
1: I think if you're listening you probably should you maybe might know. do. OK, all right. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the Formula 1 podcast whose attitude to accurate journalism makes Pastor Maldonado look careful.
2: Nothing can make Pastor Maldonado look careful. <laughs> Nothing. Even this? Even this. All
1: right. Welcome to For f Sake, the Formula 1 podcast that trips on its own front wing and ploughs head-on into the tyre wall of news. Nailed it. I'm Chica Ayres, and on today's show we look back at the glitchy matrix that was the Hungarian Grand Prix be on the podium both McLarens in the point the end of days is surely here but my god it was exciting we'll also get hitched up into the f1 room mill and grind the wheat of driver transfer gossip into a fine powder so stay with us Joining us in a central London pub is motoring journalist Phil Tromans, a man who paid good money to watch the Hungarian GP on Now TV, even though it was free on the BBC. Busy week, Phil?
0: It's been very entertaining indeed. I've been to to Portugal to drive the new Audi R8 at the Portimao circuit, which was great fun indeed.
1: We're also joined by designer, comedian and writer Terry Saunders, a man whose beard was once banned by the FIA as a movable aerodynamic device.
2: Still contesting that.
1: Terry, can you top Phil's week?
2: Yes, I went to Ireland on a Ryanair jumbo jet, but I did board with my watch.
1: That's one thing you can't beat.
2: What, what kind of watch is that, Terry? It's an Apple watch, if I haven't mentioned. Oh has Apple got a watch out? Tell you what, I tried to board with my watch, and the scanners they have don't have enough space for a wrist underneath, so you've got to take your watch off to scan it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Sounds really practical. The future! It's the future. <laughs> Chica! Hey,
1: hey, hey, I'll I'll ask, ask. What, I'll ask. ask. Okay. what have it's you fine. done this week? So I've been working at Radio 1 this week, where I make basically make tea all for eight hours.
2: How so does Dave Lee Travis take his tea? <laughs> if only I,
1: knew. Oh. If only I knew.
2: Bruno Brooks, peachy tips.
1: And I got chips for Annie Mac. Uh, How does she today. take the chips? She likes like as many chips as possible. Salt um, and vinegar? Lots of salt.
2: Mayonnaise or ketchup?
1: Uh, no, neither. Ooh. Not what you'd expect. Whoa, I didn't no. think that either. Cheese? No cheese? No,
0: no, ma- no, no mac and cheese.
1: Oh... oh. Okay, So let's go to the race. Nobody in the world would have predicted that result.
2: Do you know what? I will go further than that and say that my uh, Autosport League points for this week, I got 10 points. I think normally you get 20 just for predicting something that's how unbelievable this race was i got 15 all which right. is still pretty woeful uh, but is uh, better i got than 15 you. in portugal uh. all
0: right fine <laughs> it was really exciting race but i mean yeah the, the way things ended up nobody expected Kviet to be on the podium nobody expected either of the mclarens to get the points let alone both of them
1: i don't think they they would never have expected that
2: i had the race slightly ruined for me because i was in ireland as mentioned and i hadn't wa- i couldn't watch the race live but i was going past a little shop and in the shop the radio was on And I I was like, I don't hear the results. And I heard them say Lewis Hamilton. And I was like, oh, Lewis Hamilton's clearly one from pole. But then when I watched the highlights, it kind of ruined the end because when there was three laps left and he was sixth, I was there going, how is he going to turn this round? Then I realized the radio was wrong
1: that was the day I introduced my boyfriend to my parents for the first time and wow. brought him in but it was literally, it was Sunday lunch so that was literally as the race started so they walked him in like sort of walking him through but they were looking at the TV like come in, come in, come in, come and sit down, sit down and then there was silence and I was like so what's going on? And they were just shouting and uh, like what are your intentions? Oh my God, look at my car and they're coming through. What are your intentions?
0: Is it, no, do you really live in Victorian that? England?
1: <laughs> I should hope they did ask What are that? your
0: intentions with my daughter? <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he didn't
2: answer.
1: <laughs> just, I think he just confused and upset. So,
2: does your boyfriend like Formula One?
1: Yeah, but I didn't even expect. My family are a bit full-on, so I didn't. So, were there quite any? That. Were
2: there any kind of difficult trivia questions?
1: Did they test him? Yeah. Good question. They should like, have. did. Done. They say, so
2: let, let's not let's not use his name on the podcast because that would be <laughs> maybe mean. But let's say uh, his name's Michael. It's not Michael. <laughs> is it? <laughs> strong oh.
1: name. Strong name.
2: Did they go? So, Michael, um, at the Hungarian Grand Prix, 1989. <laughs> what was the team that Nigel Mansell used to dummy the pass around out in center?
1: I think you would have cried at that
2: uh obviously we we all know <laughs> onyx it's great move nigelman goes one way goes the other way overtakes out in center oh i would D'oh, have introduced like my parents. murray walker never died
1: okay <laughs> so before we get too stuck in the past let's talk about the fact that points for mclaren is this the start of the resurgence no
0: absolutely not no <laughs> chance okay
1: everything okay. even they admitted
0: that didn't they no uh, i did hear that uh, the the boss of honda has clearly not been talking to the VR teams about reasonable expectations because I believe he actually came out and said we're going to be on the podium or he might even said we're going to win the race by the end of the the year and no, not at all the only reason they won this is because everything went insane in Hungary Hungary's a weird circuit anyway they keep calling it Monaco without walls because it's just not like any other circuit and the only reason they did well because was because everything went bizarre. Mercedes just had complete brain fade and messed everything up all the way through the race. Even and somehow McLaren found themselves in the points without even trying.
1: Even Alonso described it as unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, there was no messing
0: around. Yeah. I mean, well done to them, but uh, no, it's never going to happen again. If they get into the points again, maybe by the last few races of the season, but I, I will be quite surprised unless it's some sort of spawny freak of everybody but wait else a minute. crashing
2: give it a race or two and they'll be challenging for wins no that's no still, they won't but that's still kind of what they're saying they're still kind of going i'll oh, give it a race or two and it's just like no all right no we're not going to give it a race or two you've screwed it up they've had they a race or do. two we're halfway through the yeah. season they, they've got one point up until this anomaly like, taking your car to a mechanic and then going oh no so i've never taken a car to mechanics what do they do i don't know what do they do They just found where do you take your car? I haven't got a car. Oh. I can't drive. Oh god. Oh, it's your crankshaft, mate. use an old pair of tights.
1: That's what (laughs) I should do. Do you know (laughs) Verstappen hasn't got his driving licence either?
2: Exactly. See, look how well he's doing. He does have a super licence though.
1: Okay, so let's move on to the sort of the headline of it. Hamilton had a terrible day at the office.
2: I wouldn't even go as far as that. I would say this was classic Hamilton. Get out your razor light t-shirts, it's 2007 again. This is Lewis Hamilton at his best. Back in the day, when he'd fuck up every race going, this is what we wanted. We'd be exasperated by him, we'd love him a little bit, and then we'd throw things at the telly. This is what I like, this is what we want. It was only race day where it didn't go to plan because he'd absolutely
0: dominated up until then. He'd had his first in all the practices, I think. Nailed qualifying. If you listen to his interviews on, on Saturday evening, he was like, "Yeah, I feel brilliant. It's been the best day ever. Everything's amazing," and uh, clearly jinxed himself and was just awful all race.
1: All race. It was. It was just that start. It was just the first, you know, ten seconds that he, that he absolutely. It wasn't really just the
0: start, was it? I mean, it was the start. Wasn't great, but I mean, I don't know whether Ferrari had a particularly brilliant start or mercedes because uh, rosberg didn't have a great start either they both went backwards and, and reichen got past as well as Vettel. but then he tried to get past rosberg and just for some reason drove onto the grass and was surprised when he ended up in the gravel what else happened
2: they just get... He just clattered old ricardo yeah well, well did he clatter ricardo
0: yeah no actually he did clatter ricardo Ric- didn't he did he... he outbraked himself a bit and plowed into the side of him although exactly. ricardo did himself no favors in the race either by by, by coming dungeons. third
2: <laughs> second the, but he was he
0: was bashing off drivers everywhere. <laughs> I beg your pardon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please. Sorry. Okay, oh, okay, well let's move on to Mercedes then. Um Mercedes all together then had an the entire crappy start. That's what Toto Wolf called it, a crappy day.
2: But I think this is marvellous because for the last couple of years, Mercedes have been well ahead of the curve on engine development and car development. They have been leagues ahead of the other teams and now they've started doing shit starts a whole two races before shit starts are mandatory because from Belgium you're not allowed to talk to your engineer about clutch settings or what kind of tea you want when you get back. In Belgium, there's going to be a whole load of shit starts. Everyone's going to start shit. But Mercedes have had two graces of practice for this. So when they have a shit start, they'll be going, yeah, we know what to do now.
1: But can you explain that? I don't understand that they, they can't get advice before they they go off. How how does that work? Phil? So, so, uh,
2: well,
0: <laughs> as the resident technical expert here, having read a couple of articles ago. Have you got a driving a license? Ago, you least, got a driving I've license? got a driving license. Oh, okay, yeah. a manual <laughs> driving license. At that. My understanding, based on very little, <laughs> is that... Uh, During the warm-up lap, they do, and maybe even before that, they do a variety of practice starts, which sort of lets them calibrate exactly where the clutch slip should be, because they've got a very complicated clutch arrangement on the steering wheel, where they let one paddle out half, and then they let the other paddle out fully, and then they drive off, and it's all very complicated. It's much more complicated than a normal road car, apart from you don't have a clutch pedal. But they go through all these permutations with their engineers and they fine-tune it all before the start of the race. And then theoretically, at the start of the race, all they have to do is just do the little thing with their fingers and away they go and all the, everything's set perfectly up. Now, as is my understanding, none of that happens. They basically just have to guess. And I'm hoping that we basically just... It's going to be like watching a full grid of people having their first driving lesson. And they're just going to bunny hop down the start. <laughs> uh, three or four of them are stall and just sit there with their hazards on
1: okay and they can't ask for any help they can't ask um, for any so the they team can't say to them just a hint do
0: that <laughs> speaking of code do Russian multi 21 <laughs> no the they can't team. do that anymore um, I'll be absolutely honest I've not researched it enough to know exactly what they can or can't do Terry you've got a you've got a
2: subscription to Autosport What's I'd the actual like to deal? be semi-serious for a point here I don't think it's fair that Formula One teams design their cars to the rules given which means that the clutch settings are stupidly complicated, but in the rules, they're allowed to be stupidly complicated. So they've set them up so they have to start the race with all this advice, but then halfway through the FIA say, actually, you can't have this advice. And it's like, well, it's set up that way. It'd be like if I suddenly said, right, for the rest of this podcast, no one can use the word the. We'd be there going, um, what do you think of, uh, 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 uh. and that's what's gonna happen. Which would make for a very entertaining podcast.
0: <laughs> but in fairness, that's always been the general way that Formula One has worked, is they'll introduce some rules, and they'll ban a load of stuff, and the engineers will go, right, and they'll come up with a terribly creative way of getting around it, and they'll think, oh, we've done brilliantly well, and then the FIA will go, no, you can't have that. This is just a sort of another element of that, really. They, they, they've not really pushed boundaries on having clutches. I, I like the whole uh, ethos of putting more onus on the driver and taking less oh, away from the, the setting it all up before and just pressing a series of buttons like it's but a I PlayStation. I think they
2: should say from next year, I think
0: to do it halfway through is a bit mean. I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem.
1: I mean, if we're going to talk about teams, let's move on to the Force India team, because somebody is going to get fired um, after Perez suspension in practice.
0: Yeah, somebody at the, uh, the Force India autoclave, where they bake all their carbon fibre, was clearly came in hungover or something before this weekend, because you had, uh, you had in practice Perry's suspension just self-destructed and sent him into a big spin and then a rather scary roll, which left him unable to remember any English in the interview afterwards. And then in the race, Hülkenberg's front wing literally exploded uh, and sent his car skywards and then sent him flying into the uh, fence. So
2: I don't know exactly what happened. But let's speculate. Well, my guess is that because Force India are in financial trouble as ever with Vijay Malia trying to get all his money out of his businesses... I reckon what he's done is he said, "Can you make the carbon fibre hollow, and I'll stuff it with money, and then when I get to uh, Hungary, I'll take the money out, and I'll live a free man in Hungary for the rest of my days." Was
0: that what, was that why it looked like the uh, the front wing exploded when it dropped off? Though I mean there were bits everywhere. Well, I thought it was shards of carbon fibre. Was it actually just loose
2: change? Did you see how quickly the marshals cleared it up? <laughs> they don't get paid, you know.
1: Okay, so let's move on to that. the fact that Ferrari are suddenly amazing.
2: No, they're not. Uh, I mean, in the race, they were. Uh, they
0: they didn't really spawn it, did they? They were they were genuinely. It wasn't like they nipped around Mercedes at the start and then were just backing them up, and then managed to be clever at the pit stops. They were
2: driving away from them right from the start.
1: Vettel was excellent. They did yeah, very
2: well. No, they were great in this race. But it's hungry, isn't it? It's just one of those tracks where you, things go a bit weird. You think it might just be
0: a quirk of the Hungara ring.
1: So have you got anything else to say about Ferrari?
0: I thought they did extremely well. Vettel was pretty much peerless, good start, sailed away, never looked in any trouble at all. Raikkonen was actually driving really well as well. Then his car started playing silly buggers and he basically just gave up, drove into the pits and stopped the car. His entire pit crew sat around going, why, why, why have you stopped? Tried starting it up again and he went out and then he came back in and retired. And that was the end of that.
2: I think there's a serious point here. If Monaco and Hungary and all these low, high downforce tracks fuck up all the the, the grids so much, why don't they mandate it so that half the races have to be low downforce, half the races have to be high downforce, and then not one team with one type of car can dominate the whole season.
1: I thought then when you said that I, ima- I thought you meant that half the race had to be like that so there was
2: Oh and then the corners change <laughs> with hydraulics
0: <Yeah. laughs> it's like this corner goes it's narrow straight <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that they come in they, they have one mandatory pit stop and they come in and they literally just change the front and rear wings to the hi- between the high and low downforce settings so if the immensely complicated really high front wing and back wing at the start and then at the end it's literally just like a really low ironing board that they use at Monza
2: or they have to change to another team's front wing it's like musical wings yeah but there's only enough
0: all but one of them
2: McLaren have pulled their joker they've gone for the Mercedes front wing oh
0: we jest but I guarantee that Bernie Eccleston is seriously considering all of these things
1: let's move on to my favourite story of the weekend which was of course Maldonado oh
0: god (laughs) I mean it's a cliche to say he's the gift that keeps on giving
1: Considering nine penalties were given in the race, and so, what a third. so, so
0: he crashed into what? what he was crashed, his, into Perez, crashed into Perez. Crashed into Perez near the beginning. Sent Perez up in the air again for the second time of the weekend. Nice.
1: He got speeding penalty for driving through the pit lane for a speeding penalty.
0: No, did he? Oh my God! Well, he came into the pits to serve his speeding penalty yeah. and spat. <laughs> <it's bad. laughs> Spad again. To yeah. be
2: fair, you would think they go. This is the least likely they're going to be watching me. You know, <laughs> this is the, if there's one point in the race I can get away with speeding, it's when I'm being done for speeding. It's like shooting small children in a barrel.
1: And then he overtook behind the safety car. Oh God! Just an idiot.
0: He just forget the safety car was there. <laughs> Everyone's going slowly. I must have amazing speed now. <laughs>
1: To be fair though, hashtag Maldonado on Twitter during that Grand Prix was fantastic. I watched the
2: interview with him after the race and he's still got braces on his lower teeth, which he's had had now braces for like four years, which I'm presuming some kind of management said, get your teeth done, because then when you're in Formula One, You know, you'll look bling. And by the time his teeth are fixed, he is going to be out on his ass. His Venezuelan sponsorship is going to disappear, and he's just going to be in some petrol garage in Venezuela with the best teeth. Oh, those teeth are going to shine underneath the murky water. How old is he? How old is he? I don't Uh, know. Probably depressingly young. I
0: don't know, mid-20s. You have to remind yourself as you're watching him bumbling around the track, smashing into everything and ignoring all the rules, that this is a Grand Prix race winner when he won uh, was it Spain wasn't it Catalonia yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago it was really good and he's clearly capable of driving really well but he just seems to have he he, 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 maybe he's better suited at Mercedes with their current brain fade thing that
2: they've had going on after Monaco and. and but Hungary. let's not also forget that the one time he won a race there was a massive fire in his garage after the race he cannot walk away from calamity everywhere he goes there's a God calamity God is angry <laughs> yeah he probably won I've won the race he wants a fag no
1: <laughs> he, uh, he now has more penalties than points I think don't quote me wow that. ok so moving away from the race let's talk about all the news that has happened this week
0: I would like to talk about the transfer market because we had what two or three weeks since the last race and we've now got a month or something until the next race and all the motor impress has been desperately trying to fill column inches and so there's been lots of rumors about what's going to happen next year with all the new drivers there's loads of them actually let's start with Bottas who if the rumor mill is to be believed could be going to Ferrari
2: I'm Kimi and drop him like he's hot drop him like he's hot well, <laughs> sorry he's not hot he's the that. ice
0: man he's the exact opposite of hot pick him up like he's cold oh ice is still feels hot even though it's cold oh uh, so Bottas, yeah, apparently he's going to Ferrari. Uh, Claire Williams was directly interviewed about it over the weekend. She didn't address it directly, but she did say they <laughs> want to hang on to him if, she, if, she, if they can, not just her. Well, maybe, yeah. I don't know. No, I she's know. married. No, well, anyway, I don't know. I find him a bit disappointing. He's really good, but uh, a bit bored by him. Well, he's Finnish, remember, so he's... Yeah, uh, I mean, but- compared to Raikkonen, he's...
2: He's Frankie Howard.
1: He's never been like, wow, look at him, wow. He's In good. his first
2: year, it was like, my god, this guy's great. And then it was just a bit like, yeah, 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 He's up against Massa, and frankly, anyone would look good against Massa.
0: Well, I mean, Massa, let's not forget that Massa was world champion for 35 seconds back in 2008.
2: But I mean Bottas has been doing very much. That's not technically true, is it? Let's not, you're not world champion until it's ratified well, afterwards. He so actually, be. that wasn't true. I hate when people say that. It's like saying they didn't elect Gordon Brown. That's not how elections work.
1: So whatever that means, that does mean that Kimi could be out. How do we feel about this?
0: I think he'll go off and do another random motorsport. He's already done F1 twice, rallying, snowmobile racing. He did NASCAR for a bit. I think he'll go off and...
1: I read that karting could be on the menu.
0: He might go back and do karting again. I'm not sure he can make a career out of it unless he does those crazy superkarts that are faster than most other forms of motorsport. But uh, I, th- I think he, he'll be quite happy just doing his own thing or just even just sitting with his ever-increasing bevy of women, and allegedly, and drinking.
1: So do you think he'll retire?
0: I wouldn't be at all surprised.
1: But do you think he will? Yes. Ooh.
2: <laughs> I think that he should quit before the season finishes, just walk out in a huff, just drop the mic, kick me out. Drop the steering wheel, next time he retires from a waste, a <laughs> throw the steering wheel out, walk away from the track, never come back. Like Nigel Mansell nearly did in 1990, but then he came back. So the first part of that. Monza's when it, Ferrari like to announce their next year's drivers. That's two races away, isn't it? Oh, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: So, so that could be where Kimmy marches It, March has, it has been
0: the Italians perpetrating this Bottas rumour, so... Let's see what happens.
1: But it could mean, and there's been rumours, about Button going to Williams again.
0: Well, if Bottas goes, they're going to need somebody. <laughs> uh, they've got one ageing driver towards the end of his career, so why not bring in another one? And it would complete the circle of life, the wheel of fortune.
2: It would be nice for Button, after that year that year in Braun and Honda, driving around with a retiring Brazilian driver, for him to relive the experience. <laughs>
0: Well, well, he Marichello won the he won no world Massa. championship with uh, well, a
2: Brazilian yeah. driver. So It's funny. I don't know. i got a feeling that won't happen because Frank Williams, if nothing else in Formula 1, Frank Williams can fucking well hold a grudge button left Williams under a huge contract row you remember there was a whole thing where there was like the contract litigation board he went to Honda, bar at the time there was a massive hullabaloo about it and I don't reckon that Frank will forgive him so that's not particularly it's unheard of
0: within Williams though there have been contract shenanigans and wranglings before with Williams and drivers and I've not heard him particularly bad mouth people but I don't know maybe I don't, I don't think that um, mean, my, my thoughts are that he, he might because he's got matter in there, who is the experience, he might want to bring in somebody a bit more more youthful. Um, like I who? can't Well, I mean, their, their test driver is Susie Wolfe, but I can't see her getting a drive, if I'm honest. Why? Uh, simply because she's not good enough.
1: Button <laughs> has said that his place at McLaren is not secure, though, so what could end up happening?
0: Well, he's been quoted as saying that, but Ron Dennis has also been quoted, I believe, as saying that they want to keep him. So I don't know who's going to have the choice, really. Whether button wants to go and frankly after the season mclaren have had you wouldn't blame him but if if his contract said the mclaren can keep him maybe they'll do that but having said that mclaren have got some options if they do want to ditch button they've got uh stoffel van Dorn, who is completely destroying everybody in gp2 at the moment and there's uh kenny kevin Magnussen, who who we all remember from doing really well and then disappearing after a season
2: who might want to come back so that's something to keep an eye on i don't think the button will be in mclaren next year but i think ron dennis is a vindictive and he won't allow him to drive anywhere else i think he'll fire him but it'll be like right you've got to still make the tea are you (laughs) suggesting
0: that chica is the jensen button of this podcast
2: well yeah
1: old No, No, really good at triathlons. Oh, And you've
0: got a really hot Japanese wife.
1: I do, actually, yes. So I've I've got written here, new team next year, the Americans are coming in the form of Haas F1. That's right. I really don't know much more than that.
0: Yes, uh, I am going to be calling them Haas F1.
2: I'm going to be calling them Haas
1: Ferrari P team.
0: (coughs) Well, you could be onto something there. So, yes, Haas F1. Haas uh, will be joining the grid next year, and they're an American team who already have got further than the last attempt at an American team which was USF1 which got absolutely nowhere apart from building a nose cone and then went out of business this they, is I, I, I won't have that they made a logo they did make a logo and a nose cone yeah. and a, an empty warehouse in Carolina I think or and somewhere they, like that they registered the domain name <laughs> they said they were going to be in Bahrain and then I think what happened was Peter Windsor the respected journalist who was well, in charge of it turned up and said right we're going to be ready for Bahrain and everyone went no and that was the end of that he used to be team manager at Williams as well I think Oh, yeah. and he, uh, he was in the car with Frank Williams when they crashed true story oh. yes Haas F1 an uh, American team run by Gene Haas who already has uh, a NASCAR team uh, which he uses to promote uh, his tool business
2: in America and in that they- case I think Pastor Maldonado would be an ideal <laughs> hey. driver
0: so their big idea is that F1 will do the same thing as their NASCAR team does in the US, but it'll, it'll market Haas tools to the rest of the world.
2: Harry, when we say tools, what do we mean?
0: I, 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 as far as I'm aware, yes. Spanners, hand tools, chisels. Like, I feel like I'm taking the piss, but actually, I probably would buy a Ford One branded chisel. I would as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I'm hoping they're going to bring some, some good old American razzmatazz.
1: Do you think Halfords are coming to try and compete?
0: It would be amazing, but no. Well, they were in BTCC for a while, but who knows? No, I don't think they will. Yeah, so we're going to have a new team, which means there'll be two driver spaces. As you might expect, the internet is agog with anticipation as to who this might be. Uh, one name I keep seeing coming up is Jean-Éric Van, oh. uh, formerly of this parish, or the Toro Rosso parish. Uh, and he is a, a Ferrari-contracted driver much in the same way as uh, as the, the the departed joel bianchi who sort of hangs around in the background of ferrari in case an opportunity comes available um now haas are going to be using ferrari engines so it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility that jean eric van is offered a seat to sort of hone his talents because god knows he didn't spend two or three years at Toro rosso but well, it's not talents. even
2: just ferrari engines is it it's ferrari engines gearbox color Facilities. Their logo is like a dancing horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a jiggling <laughs> pony. So yeah, it's going to be heavily paid for by Ferrari. Although weirdly, it was all all these deals were done and dusted before the new Ferrari management came in. So they might be aware because it's before Ari Aruv, bien arrived. Arriviberti. Aruv Stefano Dominicale when he was still boss and the other who's who's the main Ferrari but Luca Montezemolo Luca Montezemolo yeah it was when they were all in charge that they made these deals and now the whole guard has changed so I wonder if now that Ferrari are doing okay this year are they a bit sour on the deal Uh, I see no reason why they wouldn't be I mean because Gene has because his his manager what's his name Munster or something the guy with the moustache Tex I don't trust him we've gone off track a little bit jean Eric Vern. I think
0: uh, is likely to be there but uh, uh, possibly also Esteban Gutierrez because they've already said that they want they want experienced drivers rather than American drivers. Can I
2: drop a humdinger?
0: Well, I'd rather you didn't but if you can't wait, Kimi Raikkonen. No.
1: But speaking of people leaving, there could be an opening at Lotus next season where
2: Maldonado Maldonado. plummets to the floor.
1: I mean, I, I don't know why they'd want to get rid of him but...
0: I mean, the thing about Maldonado is he brings a shit ton of money with him. Uh, and he has won a race, so on his day, he's pretty good. But it's yeah, just but it was he has also one day in four years, whatever it is. A
2: shit ton of money that Williams managed to turn down after a couple of years of working with him. So yeah. there's a precedent for people going, this money isn't enough. <laughs> it doesn't even cover the bodywork. Well, actually, because there's a thing where he's got, what, nine penalty points, six penalty points this year? And I think, I think it's six. And if you get to 12, there's an automatic one-race ban. And if Lotus are struggling, there was a thing this weekend where... The Pirelli didn't give them their tyres until like an hour before free practice because oh, they hadn't paid the bill. They're in trouble. So actually, they've already budgeted all of Maldonado's money and he's fucking everything up. And if he gets a race ban, and just think how much that will cost with logistics and blah, 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 blah. So actually, he's probably not net value doing very well for them.
1: But surely smashing the car up is going to cost more.
2: Exactly. That's gonna, uh, what's a front wing cost? 100 grand uh, or something uh, stupid?
0: 40, 50 quid at least.
2: 50 quid? 50 quid. And, and he's got
0: through hundreds of them. Hundreds? Well, if he does go, who could come in? One man who has his eyes firmly on that seat is a former GP2 champion and a Brit with silly name, Jolien Palmer. No, don't like him. Don't like him. Why don't you like him?
2: Uh, his dad owns a load of circuits. His father is Jonathan Palmer, who was an incredibly boring Formula One driver, the most boring commentator that's ever existed. Jolene Palmer (laughs) Jolene commentates on Sky sometimes when he's not practicing he is as boring as his dad he is he is the most mirthless if you imagine Jolene Palmer and is that what you're calling it from now on Jolene and Max Verstappen at a party you'll be going like alright lads where's the party at they'll be like oh well actually I think I could have done a bit better on the FP3 fuck them. don't like them. they should make these young drivers have gap years where they go, right, don't drive for a year, go around, you know, meet some people, travel a bit, come back with a bit of personality. I don't give a shit how good Jolene Palmer is. He bores me. So you're begging him, please don't take that seat.
1: <laughs> so to wrap up that section, let's have our fortnightly look at the state of F1. Terry, what have you got to say on this?
2: I think this week's race shows actually the state of F1 is pretty good. No, I take that back. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Formula One racing is pretty good. But the people in charge of Formula One, the state of them, means they haven't got a bloody clue. They have been moaning like a couple of jilted men at a wedding who can't... What? Where's this going? It's the I've most been... tortured metaphor I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on tortured metaphors. My last tortured metaphor was like a womble on a ostrich. <laughs> We've had a year, two years in fact, of Bertie Eccleston, Christian Horner marrying Ginger Spice and moaning about Formula 1 and actually I just realised only this week last year when Mercedes won everything Ferrari one of the main teams going we've got to have more engine tokens we've got to take the fight and of yeah, course this they're year, always moaning bastards yeah but this year Ferrari second best team they've been quite quiet about changing it because they don't want everyone's got a vested interest and just constant constant nagging about how terrible Formula 1 is and, yeah, there's been some boring races. It's been a bit of a boring year. But a race like this proves all you need is a few key ingredients and the race will be good. And it annoys me uh, no end because, actually, although I'm a racing purist, I like to think, it does make me think that, actually, if we brought some more kind of gimmicky things into Formula 1,
0: races would be better. You're into dangerous. Ter- I, I, slight- I sort of see what you're saying, but I, I, I slightly disagree. I think this race has shown us that when the teams don't have as much control... Yeah, things get exciting, which is why I think that the idea about we were talking about earlier about the clutches for the next few races is good because it's it's all about the drivers. They're more fallible. They're more. I think mix things up a bit, keep them guessing, keep them on edge. Which is why I think we should personally don't think the drivers should be allowed to talk to the pits except in emergency. I agree. Bring it all down to them. Cut off take, the radio. Take away the ridiculous amounts of set-up of every single little aspect no, of everything. I love
1: radio chat, though. It's like... And you have to try and listen, try and work out what they're saying. I love that.
2: What about the drivers allowed to talk to each other across teams? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is
0: gimmicky, and it goes against
2: everything I believe in,
0: but that would be quite funny. Maybe one race a year.
2: <laughs> have you ever played Formula One on a console online? Yes, I have. It'll be it's like that. It's absolutely ab- brilliant. It'll be like that.
0: Taking it back to a slightly serious point, what? which is not really what we do, but um, I like the idea that F1 is as much an engineering and a team challenge as a driving challenge. And I don't think we should take away from that. So some of these gimmicks I don't like. But I am all for for keeping the teams getting on an equal footing with each other so that they literally have to you know, wing it by the seat of their pants on the day rather than spend hours and hours and computer simulations and making sure everything's going to be absolutely perfect and basically just pressing a button and hoping it goes well so It's true. I like the idea of basically putting more into, you know they set up the car as best as they can and then on the day right over to the driver that's it you don't get anything you, you know you, you can be radioed to come into the pits you can you know be radioed if there's a crash up ahead and you need to slow down but that's about
2: it what about Gary Anderson has said that his idea for the future would be you can't bring updates to every race you're allowed to bring updates twice a year so your car's locked in.
1: Is it, is it the same two races for them all?
2: So they get to play joker cards. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Maybe. No, maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, it'd be the same. maybe they get tokens for updates or
0: something like that. Yeah. But, but then, you, then you, 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 you fall into the problem of if at the beginning, like at the beginning of last year, where suddenly one team is miles away from everybody else, well, they're just not allowed to catch up until but halfway through the, the season. that's kind of always
2: happened. And we've always bitched about it. Yeah. But this is my other thing. Rose-tinted glasses is Formula 1. We always bang on about how it used to be much better. If you go back and watch some older races, there are some... Like there are, oh, some of them are boring as shit. Some of them are so dull. Some of the grids were like eight seconds apart on the grid. And you the know, winners would win by like a, a lap and a half. Yeah, exactly. So there's always been dull races. There's always been good races. I think there is a way of making more good races than dull races. But I hate the way that the quote people in charge of Formula 1 use the fans as a kind of litmus paper to say, oh, do you know what the fans wouldn't understand if we did this or we did that, and all this kind of stuff. And actually, the fans are perfectly capable of understanding what's going on. They can't understand what's going on. Fuck them. I watched tennis for five years, not knowing what a break point was. Never could work it out. Always going, it's break point again. It's on the screen. What does that mean, right? Commentators never explained five it. Five years. Five it's not years. That difficult. Oh, yeah, now I also know. Google. Now I know what it is.
1: So, Terry, in your words, what is the state of Formula One?
2: Well, if you imagine uh, a wobbly fuel gauge, full is attention wrapped up the telly, zero is I've left the room because I'm so bored, I'd say currently I'm dozing on the sofa.
1: OK, so in three weeks' time, we have the Belgian Grand Prix... Let's look back to what happened last year. Can anyone remember?
0: Well, because of our stunning professionalism, none of us have actually looked up uh, what happened last year. So we'll do it live on air. I
2: think we should have a bit of a quiz. Okay, Terry, who won last year? Was it Belgium, where they hit each other, the two Mercedes? He hit me. Uh... Oh yes, it was. Was that Belgium? Yes. So in that I've, case, I've not
0: looked that up, but I'm pretty sure it was. It was. I it think was Rosberg. The... Yeah. Uh, no, he didn't.
1: Was that the one, Ricardo? Was that Ricardo's first Uh,
0: uh, win? It wasn't his first win.
1: Second win. Second second win.
0: Consecutive win because he won in Hungary as well. Do you remember? Do you remember when Red Bull won some races? And everyone. And now they've developed the car to the point where they're not winning races. Last year was uh, was Ricardo in first, followed by Rosberg, followed by Bottas. Uh, Rosberg second place increased his gap to Hamilton to 29 points imagine that oh I can't imagine that which actually if you transpose that to now bodes well for Hamilton's title challenge this uh, oh, yeah. season he's going to win <laughs> Have your faith in the boy. I mean, Rosberg is pretty good at Spa. He's also very quick on what will be a track that suits the Mercedes engine cars, because it's very, 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 very fast. Yeah, so
2: McLaren are going to be nowhere. Absolutely awful. Renault Red Bull will probably will be, also be nowhere. Yeah, Red Bull awful. will be nowhere. It's going to be all about the Mercedes cars. It'll
0: be Mercedes, it'll be Williams. Uh, Force India, you could argue, might do quite well. And, and then, that'll, frankly, probably be it. And then Toro Rosso, who, bizarrely, just do better than Red Bull. I think this could be Rosberg's, well, not fight back exactly, but sort of start of his death throes as he tries desperately not to be buried alive by Hamilton.
2: I disagree. I think Hamilton will come back in a grump and will nail it.
1: That's what I was going to say, because so far this season, after every mess up, he's pulled his socks up and in the next race, really done well. So I reckon Hamilton might think about what he's done. They
2: don't really make enough of this on the... On the telly. But all of all One has to take a holiday. They and have it's to a proper shut the holiday. Factory. They have to shut the factory down. No one can be... No emails. Doing yeah, they're not allowed to check their emails, apparently. And I'm just going to st- put it out there and go, that's a lot of pressure for a holiday. You cannot muck that booking up. We're going to have a good time. Your dad's only got two weeks off. So don't you, don't you go fucking around. Uh, I haven't seen him since March. And you have a really weird relationship with him because... Because he's always away and, and he spends a lot more time with his Formula 1 family than he does with us. Is this a window but into we're gonna your We're going to have a good
0: time. <laughs> into your we're going to have a
2: good holiday in Lanzarote. I don't care what
0: you say. So, Hamilton is going to Lanzarote with his dad.
2: If, if I've understood your, uh, your argument No, right. I was talking about just some weird mechanic, but that's fine.
1: Okay, well, because there's next to no chance of getting these things right. We've handed our predictions to our producer, Matt, who will rip them up and make something more compelling with the results. These are our predictions for the Belgian Grand Prix.
0: Taking everyone by surprise,
2: <gasps> Pastor Maldonado but, uh, has an
1: excellent pit stop,
2: which means Ron Dennis hires him next year for this very reason.
1: After a disagreement with the constructors, Button <laughs> sobs quietly by the
2: side of the track, which then means the interviews were conducted behind closed doors. After an awful start, Massa you know, um,
0: will have a massive failure in his ERS unit. Ups resulting in
1: a huge crash in which Button will storm out of okay that's it thanks to Phil Tromans. anything we didn't have time to talk about
0: uh, we talked about the f 1 team and didn't mention Danica Patrick and let's keep it that
2: way excellent and
1: thanks to Terry Saunders
2: we didn't talk about Massa not being able to see a fucking line from his cockpit and screwed up the whole start of the race for everyone. You've ruined it for everyone, Felipe.
1: We'll be back in four weeks. Subscribe! Feel free to tell us how wrong we are by emailing us at wrong at ff1s.com. I'm Terez and thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.